Guys, welcome back to another fire episode of Unscripted Exchanges. If you can tell, I'm rocking our new merch, our hat, our shirt. Can't really see some back here. Um, I've got Hayden to my left. And then if you don't see him, you probably do. Mr. Heath Hoogerhide is on with us today. We, uh, we're we excited to have you back on here, Mr. Hoogs. It's uh, our first return guest. We had to uh, beg and plead with him and his whole team uh, to get on, get on his schedule. And then Jimmy almost fucked it up for us. But we're here ready to go. So thanks for joining us, Heath. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to be back. I'm so changed since we talk. So good, good change. Oh yeah, yeah, really good. New customers, fun stuff. Dude, I love to hear it. I love to hear it. If you can't tell, um, I don't know how energetic you guys are tonight, but I'm gonna bring it for all the whole group. Okay, I bundled it all in here today, Hayden. Um, Hayden, what do you what do you want to say to kick it off? You're you're kind of mellow right now. Give me some. My my brain's still not working 100 percent after Jimmy tripped over some cords. I mean, this is a shame that we've had two uh, mishaps with Heath here. But hey, we're uh, ready to rock and roll with a lot of good uh, conversation. Dude, as long as long as we get the audio at this point, like <laughs> now we can match the audio with the video. We'll be perfect. Well, uh, I'm gonna yeah. give I want to give everybody. Listening a little bit of background on Mr. Heath Hoogerhide. Heath was on uh, episode, shoot, that was like nine, a- episode eight or nine, back when we yeah, first a- first got started, right? Um, yeah, it was. That was, man. It was like, I mean, it was winter. It was last winter. Uh, so we got it back on the show. I'm going to give you guys a, a brief synopsis of the first episode we had with Heath. Uh, we had some technical difficulties with the, with the audio, but Heath is the owner of Hoog's Customs. He also runs a, a Hoog's Custom Parts. He It's a detail and audio body uh, repair place, correct? And do detailing, yeah. framework, Pretty you do tenting. Um, unbelievable. I mean, if you follow his Instagram handles, that's the coolest shit you've ever seen, coolest cars ever. Uh, Heath's story is really, really, really neat and inspiring. Heath, um, and I know actually Heath through our wives becoming friends that we hooked up, but he started off his business when he was just getting, he was kind of, he was in college, flipping cars, finished, uh, graduated from Davenport University, took a corporate job, and was doing detailing cars on the side out of his apartment. I think at one point in the story, he told us he had like seven or eight cars parked in his apartment complex. His neighbors probably hated him. Um, yeah, the neighbors didn't like it. Yeah, they didn't like it at all. And uh, he, he took this, what was really neat and, and inspiring, and I'm trying to summarize it, as he took this, this side hustle is what you would call it, right? This side gig to make money, and he turned it into a thriving business. And what was what Heath? When we had you on last time, and for our listeners, what was really neat, and some of the things I'd point out was um, the ability to see the opportunity quickly. I mean, I know you were doing it for a while, but you challenged yourself to say, "Hey, if I dive into this a hundred percent, I think I can make it work. I think I can do this full time." And I think at one point of the story, you said, "You know, you and you and Shelby were uh, engaged at the time, right? Engaged at the time." And yep. you said, I'm going to quit Meyer. I want to do this full time. And she's like, probably like, holy shit, like this is a bad idea. And you think you told us you took a wad of cash and you put it down on the counter and said, like, this is, you know, this yeah. is real. I can do this. Um, yeah. And 
So for our listeners, again, I'm, I'm summarizing some of these these cool details I saw. But yeah. Heath's been running Hoops Customs for what five and a half five and a half years now. Yeah, we're going. On, yeah, we're going on year six. Year six, so. um, thriving. He's got multiple several employees. He's had a couple different shops. He works on Ferraris, Lamborghinis. I mean, he drive dude drives a Trailhawk. No, I'm kidding. I'm messing with you. He, <laughs> I had to throw that in there for you. A manual geek at that. Uh, he's got a. He's just got an unbelievable story. Um, and again, I know I'm gassing you up know, today, guys. If you're listening, we're gonna get into some more uh, some more of his business acumen. We're gonna dive into some of his fitness and health routine. Probably talk a little bit hunting and fishing, and then wrap it up with some. Uh, some lessons he's learned from some of his customers. So I hope I hope I did you justice there. Yeah, no, that was that was spot on. Um, I think the the beginning of any entrepreneur's career is the leap of faith, right? It's it's can I make this sustainable? And I mean, I started. If you ask my mom, I was selling necklaces at baseball tournaments. I've always tried to find a way to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this was the first, like, hey, I could make this a career. Um, I mean, I did meal plans and workout programs. That's how I paid for Shelby's ring to get engaged. Um, and that just wasn't sustainable whatsoever because, I mean, it's some you can't mass produce something like that. Whereas detailing in the customization of vehicles um, – I can teach somebody else to do the same thing I'm doing, right. which would obviously expand the, the business. Um, and if you ever notice, like all my posts and stuff like that, um, I never say I, it's, it's a, we, mm. it's a team. There's some, there's some stuff quite literally I don't even touch. Um, and it's just, I have great people in great places. Um, our, our tint and all our vinyl wraps are done by, um uh basically he's 1090 so he's like his he's his own boss but he works with us um a couple days a week uh, he's just getting um our shop truck we just bought a shop truck so we're tinting it out debadging it putting a big hoose customs wrap on the side oh it's gonna look sick yeah it'll be pretty cool it's it's the first i you know we've we've always driven our own vehicles to go pick up customers cars and stuff like that and i'm like why not get something super functional? If we got to go get parts, we grab the shop truck, go just everyone can use it. Um, but back to like just having people in, I'm sure if you talk to any successful business owner, it's, it's having the right people in the right places. Um, we offer bed liners, we offer undercoating, we offer lift kits, rims, tires, town covers, running boards, whatever aftermarket part you want. If you want to throw a turbo on whatever vehicle you have, we'll figure it out. Um, but I don't do any of that. I just have people in the right places to be able to offer it. Um, really, our bread and butter is uh, paint correction. Um, simply put, the restoration of paint and protection. Um, so, yeah, we've had some cool stuff in recently, and it's it's like like we were saying, networking. Um, I've been working on this customer for about three years honestly um and he finally broke and uh we basically made him a lifelong customer now so um yeah yeah 
Heath, I, I love how you mentioned you've kind of put the right people in the right places. I, I think too many people underestimate the importance of that. And speaking yeah. from my perspective too, um, whether or not you're uh, self-employed or you work in a large organization, there's always that feeling of, well, I want to have full control. And that means so many different things. But if you truly want to be successful, you've got to hand the reins over to other people to let them kind of run with certain aspects because you can't do it all, especially if you're trying to scale. So really just wanted to sprinkle that in there and you know piggyback on to what I heard you say. And I, I think that's extremely important for anyone listening. It's like, look, there's going to be a point in time, again, if you're self-employed or if you're working in a large organization, small organization, you've got to be willing to delegate things and figuring out what that right balance is. So love hearing that message. Well, and it's resourcefulness too, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I mean, Hayden, to that point, you know, like it sounds like Heath, like you you took um, the ability to put a team kind of to the next level, right? You're like, okay, what pieces can I get together that are going to impact this? And how do I build those relationships? But also like, I'm a huge believer that if you if you empower people to do things, they were going to work so much harder and better for you and do better work, right? So you're saying you're you're going, you know, it's a team effort here. I've got people I trust to do this, and they're going to do that to the best. I'm not going to micromanage them. I know what I'm good at, and I'm gonna I'm gonna facilitate them being the best version of themselves in whatever facet that is. And that's when you get the best work. That's also when you get transparency. That's also when you get like people that are more have more integrity, more have more forthrightfulness. I mean, there's a lot of things that I think as humans that we we forget are so great about letting some control go. We're like, oh, we want to control yeah. all aspects of this shit, right? And it's like, well, if you let some go, you actually gain a level of understanding and 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 a lot of times better results by saying hey you know what i'm gonna empower you to do this and you know it, it's it's interesting i mean that doesn't work every time right Heath, i'm sure you can attest to that like there are duds there's definitely duds out there but yeah but a lot of it too is once you delegate that like i'll, I'll i can i can wrap to a certain extent i can tint to a certain extent i can throw a lift kit on i can do pretty much everything we offer I can do, mm-hmm. but there's the people that I have doing it is they're better than I am. And on top of that, that allows me not to make the quality of what I do really good go down because I'm trying to do 16 other things. Cause that never works out. Right. Um, Specialize. So I, I always wanted to be the one-stop shop. You know, I mean, I've, it's crazy to think I talked to a customer today. He wants this whole truck built with rims, tires, um, and then another customer wants a bed liner and then I'm doing quotes for ceramic coating and I can offer it all and we're not, you know, making a killing on the stuff we don't actually do, but I also can't afford to bring a whole build. I can't afford to pay the the employees at a whole build shop. Right. You know, they're, they're already established. They do great work. So we send all our stuff to them. Same with painting vehicles. I don't paint vehicles, but if you ask me, to do something i can send you in the right direction um so there's, i mean it's it's all about networking it's it's figuring out how to help others and obviously that token will come back so if my painter that i send all my work to if he gets somebody saying hey do you guys detail cars he's obviously going to be like no but he does go contact who's customs 
they'll get you hooked up. Um, same with my build shop, same with pretty much everyone um, that you network with. Right. So, so I got, I got, yeah. a, I got a follow-up question because yeah. this is where my brain's going with this is I hear you talking these different, you know, there's different levers you're basically pulling, right? Like in life, but in business specifically, you've pulled this lever and this lever and this lever to be able to set yourself up to be able to say like, yes, but not over, you know, over promise and under deliver. Like you can say yes, but you've pulled the lever of this contact over here. So you can, you can still say yes, but you're not going to let the customer down. So my God. Yeah. And and sometimes it's, I I know a lot about lifting trucks. What's going to fit when you lift a Chevy seven inches, you're probably only fitting 35, 12 wides. I mean, there's so many different variables when it comes to that type of, that type of uh, gig that, Half the time I say, call Sean at gas pedal customs. He'll hook you up because I'm quite literally, I'm not making really any money on on the sale. Like, I mean, we're talking pennies on the dollar compared to what the build shop's going to make. So why am I going to sit here and try to explain all this stuff when the person that's going to be actually profiting from the job knows well more than I do. They know way more and they're going to be more invested to talk to this customer and talk him through every option that he has. Um, and, you know, some customers contact us and say, Hey, I want black rims and they need to be twenties for my Chevy. And it's like, dude, you know how many black rims are out there <laughs> for a Chevy? Like, come on. So a lot of that stuff is like, I don't have time to send you options. Cause I know when I build my my own stuff i'm very particular (laughs) like the rims are the one thing you're going to be keeping on that vehicle for a long time you don't gotta love the tires you're going to get new tires eventually you gotta love the rims and investing my time into that just doesn't make sense when the person profiting can do the same thing and they're going to be the ones getting paid for the job so yeah that 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 all makes sense i mean you know certain things are only worth uh you know, the, the, the squeeze, you don't want to be investing too much time and money in something that might not have a strong ROI. I want to dive back into something that you mentioned a couple minutes back around how you've got a great team around you. What are some of the more rewarding things when it comes to leading and working with others? And then part two, what are maybe some of the opportunities or kind of downsides or things that are a pain in the butt when it comes to working with others? Yeah. Um, I think the most rewarding thing is seeing them thrive through your coaching. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, one of my employees, his name's Jeremy, he's 20 years old, but he's been with me for three years and I trust him with, when he says something's done, it's done. Like I don't have to worry about it. I trust him with everything. Um, and seeing him grow and, you know, start to be looking at houses at the age of 20, which I'll tell you, I didn't buy my first house at 20 years old um, and start to grow in life even more than anything is super cool. Um, Like I always joke around at the shop, like when the employee, when, when the employees start thinking about buying, you know, their first cool car, their Porsche. Right. Right. That's when we've really made it because that's neat that means that they like we've worked hard enough that they are earning that that you know claim to fame something they've wanted forever um 
because you mentioned it earlier, the track hawk. I've wanted one for oh, three years. Right. I finally could actually make it happen. And that was a big step for me. Like, I never had anything like that. I mean, I drove Wranglers and big trucks and stuff like that. Um, but when I finally could make it happen, I was like, dude, I have to. I have to. And now I'm on my second one. So um, it's it's rewarding in that sense. And it's even cool to see, like, Jeremy, he'll, he whips the track hawk more than I do. So it's cool to see him get excited over something like that, too, um, and be able to share it. I mean, like I, I said, he – he probably drives more than I do. So I had to tell you, you gave me chills when you made the comment because that's the sh- that's the stuff that you know Hayden and I we talk about this a lot on Unscripted and a lot of our f- listeners hear it. But yeah. like seeing other people get to where they want to go, right, is like massive. Like, the, how much more rewarding is that for you? Oh, it's so rewarding. I mean. I, I'm never going to throw numbers out there because I was taught that you never talk about pay, religion, or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'd be sometimes private conversation. I'll tell you how much Jeremy started at and what he makes now. I'm very generous with the fact of if you're working your absolute ass off, you're making my life easier because whether I like it or not, I'll be on the phone half the day anyways. Um, which means I'm half the day. I can't be on a buffer because it's too loud. Um, and you're like significantly getting better at what you're doing. Um, I don't have a let's, I mean, we meet bi-yearly just to talk about things that we can improve what they think the business should be doing differently. If there is anything. Um, but I don't say, okay, first quarter, we're going to talk about a raise. That's not how it works. If you show me you're working your ass off and I see it, and you're making everything more efficient, then you're going to get paid more, period. Like, I I don't see it as, you know, uh, let's talk at some certain point and figure it out. And both, Love it. Yeah, we just brought on a new employee, uh, Cole's, was that, brother-in-law? Shout out, Noah. Yeah, Noah. Yeah, he started Monday. Heck yeah. I told him the same thing. I said, you can... I like to bring Jeremy in on everything in terms of talking to new people, new new employees and stuff like that. Cause he knows firsthand. I mean, he, he's seen the ladder of how do I get to where I need to be going? Um, and obviously there's a, there's a cap to that too. Right. Cause like the, if the business isn't making enough money to like to give you a raise, that's going to be sustainable then, you know, you got to have that conversation. Right. It's, it's definitely a, um, it's so rewarding being able to have that conversation and be like, Hey, well, this is your new pay. You earned it. Um, let's keep going because it's not going to stop. I always tell Jeremy, you know, when, when we're, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied just cause that's who I am as a person. I always want to keep building, building, building. Um, but the joke's always, when I'm on a beach in Jamaica, you'll be right next to me because you're that second tier well, with me forever. Um, so it's it's just it's motivating to be able to see that and know that you had a huge part of it. So, dude, I just that stuff. I'm I'm just telling you, man. I can't like you. <laughs> I, this stuff gets me so 
Um, you know, everything you said there is just so valuable that it's hard. I don't want to like, I don't even want to devalue it by like adding to it. I mean, because each point you just made is what every single good, great entrepreneur, leader of men, leader of women, leader of people should. That is like, you boil it down the core and what you just described is is what the what great leaders do what great business people do is they say yeah they they say hey i don't want to just be the only one making money i want you and not just me i want you to bring your family along with us all right i want to see you grow right i've got my i can't wait till you have your kids and you can buy them their first car and you can put them through college and pay in cash i can't wait to see that because that's when you know you really did it right is that you brought people along with you instead of just standing there and waving down at them i mean nobody wants to be at the top of the mountain by themselves right i mean that's kind of shitty and that's you know i mean it's it's fun to be at the top of the mountain but if you're on the mountain all by yourself man you don't have anybody to hang out with right bring everybody with you yep yep and that's that's that was one of jeremy's hardest um one of his hardest obstacles is his age uh because i mean he's 20 so and he, he looks younger he doesn't look old for his age he looks his age so some of the customers and it, it really pisses me off sometimes when he's trying to talk a customer like hey this is kind of the the synopsis and a dumbed down version of how we're going to remove the swirls and the scratches in your vehicle and then protect it. And they're looking at him like, do you, do you even know what you're talking about? And it, it, that's what irritates me the most. Cause that kid's so knowledgeable um, over the years of just learning um, and experience, but he's started to get to the point where his customer service is starting to come full search circle and be able to talk to people. Um, we had a met, well, it was supposed to just be a car show get together. Um, I think it was in September. And well, I mean, it was a great turnout. I mean, we had the whole parking lot full. There's probably 65 cars there. Um, and he was going around talking to everyone. So that, that made me super proud. Cause I was like, that's, that's awesome. That's sweet. So, and obviously having a passion for anything you do is gonna extend your, your, conversations like i never thought i'd knew know so much about you know lamborghinis classic lamborghinis ferraris the higher end cars but if you're talking to a guy that has a ferrari and you know something about his car it goes longer it goes a longer way than if you're like oh yeah tell me something about it you know what i mean right it's like right it's it's kind of like okay i'm gonna talk to somebody that's uneducated like i don't want to i don't want to educate you at this point yeah yeah and there are some cars that are like, I just had a customer call me not too long ago with a Lamborghini Countach, and he educated me a ton on Lamborghini. It's the Lamborghini and Wolf of Wall Street. That's probably what you know it from, the old Heck school yeah. 80s. <laughs> so sad. That's unreal. Yeah, and he, apparently it's one of one in the spec, the white with black interior, and then it being a Euro spec car. So when Lamborghini releases cars, they spec them for overseas and here. So it's hard to get a Euro spec car in the United States because that means you had to have bought it secondhand from somebody overseas. Mm. So, um, yeah, he said it's like one of one. And those cars right now, their market value is like anywhere from, I mean, depends on the buyer, but anywhere from 1.3 million to 2 million. So, yeah. Damn. (laughs) He's owned 27 different ones. 
these Countaches. Dude, this dude's got some cash, baby. That's like his niche, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what he knows and that's what he stays with. So, um, and we actually connected because I sold him a Trackhawk that was one of my customers. So he was never actually a customer. He lives two hours away from me, but now he's potentially going to be a customer because of that connection that we made. So. That's when you know you're doing well, when you got people coming, you know, a few hours away to do business yeah. with you. That's awesome. Yeah. No lie. Year one, I had a dude come from New York. Wow. And it was, it was just cause like I hounded him on, like he was on you <laughs> Midwest truck page or something. And I told him our prices and he's like, dude, that's such a good deal. I'm going to, I'm Saturday. I'm driving there. I'm like, what? <laughs> An hour drive, dude. That's sure such enough. a cool story. Well, Heath, I, I got another question for you. I mean, yeah. hearing your story, not only uh, tonight more, but, you know, we connected earlier this year, as Cole mentioned, you know, you're extremely motivated. You want to continue to to grow. You're you're trying to chase, you know, what's the next thing? What's, what's more? What else can I do here? How do you yep. go about trying to like scale your business or assessing, okay, like maybe I'm not good here. Do I need to hire this type of person? Walk us through kind of that thought process in terms of how you want to grow and take those next steps for your business. Yeah. I've always believed in growing organically. Mm. So I'm not going to say I try, like I do something specifically to try and grow the business. Um, It's more so making those connections and jumping in, a a different circle. Okay. Um, like for example, um, I don't know, it was, had to have been early September, late August. We worked on a, a Lamborghini Gallardo, which is like a early two thousands Lamborghini. Um, guy's name was Craig. I met him two years previous and he finally was, I saw him at a car show and he was like, all right, whatever, I'm bringing my Lambo to you. Um, and he's the one, he went to bat like went to bat for me with that customer with the collection of the Murcielago, Diablo, six Ferraris, Porsches, BMWs, all this stuff. Um, and he was like, Hey, come up to this dude's car show, bring him. Uh, you probably saw it, but it's the, uh, Ferrari four, five, eight Liberty walk, which just the Liberty walk wide body kit on that car is like 60 grand. Dude. It's so, so it's dirty bags. It was beautiful. And it was built for SEMA. Um, so he, he owns it now. And he was like, all right, whatever. I'll bring it up. Well, he shows up to the car show with that and a Lamborghini Mercy Lago, which is like a, a Lamborghini Mercy is unreal. Like I've only seen two in person and both of them are this guy's cars. Damn. So he showed up with that. And at that point, I'm like, leave the Mercy. Like you can take the Liberty Walk. Like the Mercy's sweet. So... <laughs> He left us with the the Liberty Walk, and um, like I said, Craig, the guy with the first Lambo, he went to bat for me. He's like, you get your car up here, give it to him, because um, I was hounding him the day previous trying to get it for the car show, get it all done and ready to go and display it. Um, I'm glad that didn't happen, though, because we had a cumulative of probably – it was like 14 or 15 hours into that car um, because they just – I mean – SEMA, those build guys really don't take care of their stuff. So we were wet sanding the whole rear end. There was road paint all over it. Um, What's SEMA? Sorry, you said that. I have to ask. Like It's one of the biggest. um, It happens at the end of November. Um, It's one of the biggest automotive uh, 
I guess. It's like convention. horseshit. Is it? Is it like so? Like people will build specific vehicles, like one-offs, um, to bring to SEMA and display them, so that they can sell those kits potentially. Okay. So, like Liberty Walk is really well known in the supercar industry because of their wide body kits and how good they look. Um, so that the that Ferrari, I mean, legitimately, we had to wet sand the whole rear end, which adds hours onto the process because you're literally taking sandpaper and putting on the car um and then you have to buff out of it to get that clear image on the black so once we finished that one it was it was game over it was a ferrari a day for the next week and a half and then the lamborghini diablo the lamborghini murcielago the porsche speedster s wide body i mean and he still got some cars that he's like hey I want this done, blah, blah, blah. But it's like getting in that circle, that bubble of, cause you know, that guy, he's a very, very successful entrepreneur. He knows 16 other people with Lamborghinis and, you know, one-off cars. Um, and he was a good friend of a customer that had a Cobra uh, kit car. It was a 1968, one of the most beautiful kit cars I've ever seen in my life. Um, and now they're both trying to get me into another customer that has 75 cars in his collection. So it's like just doing good work for one person kind of is going to grow the business. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, and as of late, I mean, yeah, we work on pretty awesome stuff. Um, and it's, it's a lot of work to get those cars in the shop, but we also still, we never turn down business. We're working on, I mean, shoot today we had, a 2007 F-150, a 2016 Chevy 1500, F-350. Like, yeah, you're still yeah. you're still popping the cars in. Whatever car yeah. it is, you're going to take it, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. But, like, working on those higher-end stuff, it just gives you so much more, um, I guess, leverage from the standpoint of marketing. Um, and, I mean, we posted a video today of the Diablo and the customer – um, with that massive collection, text me instantly. He's like, dude, I need that video on my phone. Like, send it to me right now. And I'm, I said, I'll do you one better. I'll send you all the videos we've done of your cars that haven't been posted yet. So he was going crazy over all that. But Jeremy, again, he does that in-house and it takes him. I mean, he puts a lot of time into those videos. Um, but it just gives us another element of advertising. Yep. So, I mean, I'll, if even if it wasn't a vehicle that we've worked on, if somebody posted a uh, Liberty Walk four five eight cool video. I'm watching it, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Liking it, watching it. I might even comment. I don't know. So, um, it's been it's been awesome. I mean, we never worked on an R eight. I was last time I was telling you guys R eights were my kryptonite, and now we have two. So it seems like everything comes in twos because worked on a V eight R eight and then a V ten manual R eight, and then an AMG GT R, which is the highest of the GTs. And then a GTS came in two weeks later because he saw the one before and he's like, oh, dude, that's the same car I got. I'm going to bring it in. So still the the only kryptonite now is the Nissan GTR. Never worked. <laughs> I think I saw recently you guys at least detailed a Sea-Doo. Is that correct? Did I see something like that? Yeah. yeah. Was yeah, that your done. first boat? I guess it's not oh, really a boat, but first water vehicle. We've done tons of, um, we've done tons of boats. It's just weird how... I was talking to a, a customer about this 
this past summer too. We honestly, we probably only did a handful of, of motorcycles. Mm. Whereas season before we did like 35. Do you have any insight or thoughts onto why that might be? Like, is there a macro trend? Yeah. No, no idea. Yeah. But yeah, we did a, we did a sea do and then we did a really nice mastercraft and that was after we did, um, what's a mastercraft. Sorry to cut you off. Is that like just another type of what is it? Oh, okay. It's about, yeah. I I don't know much over here. (laughs) That was like, that was probably one of the nicest boats I've ever, like that boat is cost almost as much as my house. Oh, I believe it. Did you know what that was? You're, you're sitting over here like, yeah, I knew what a Mastercraft was. Yeah, it was like a 20, 24 foot speedboat essentially. But Damn. Um, They're sick. We've worked, on, we've worked on yachts and and stuff like that. Like we do yachts pretty much in the winter. Um, so we have to go. I think we're going to be going to Grand Travers this year, which is about two hours north of us for a customer. He has a 43-foot Tierra yacht and then a 34-foot. And then we have to go to Holland and make our rounds out there for yachts that we've already done, but just maintenance stuff. So how far are you traveling to some of these folks? Wherever, as long as it pays. Yeah. Wow. It's one of those things that I always tell customers it has to pay equal or more than what we would make here. Right, it has to make sense financially, or it's like it, it's 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 stupid move. Yeah. It makes no sense for me to lose money to go over and do a hand wash on a vehicle two hours away. It just makes no sense. Let me ask this then: What's the farthest distance you guys have traveled for a client? Uh, Florida. Wow. Do you guys drive yeah. or fly? How's that all work? Uh, we flew in. Uh, we stayed for about a week. Um, we worked on a forty-four foot center console. A uh, boat, and then a twenty-four foot boat, and then uh, a car. So, yeah. that's another one of those. You because you've told me about the your customer that you've gone down there for. Is it Jeff Bezos? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't need to go. He's too small time for Heath. He's, <laughs> he doesn't have enough cars. Uh, your yacht's not big enough, sir. You know. Uh, <laughs> And just listen to all the stuff. Like, first of all, he you have to know, understand that, like, Hayden and I, like, we think cars are cool. But we're like, we don't know. I mean, we think a cool boat's cool, right? We're like, oh, that we can't tell the difference, right? So you're just, we're just going, holy shit. That's like, that's like, like, you're an expert, which is neat, which is really neat. And, you know, what, what's, what I think the underlying theme of that you laying out this, networking journey right and these different people and meeting these different people what i what i'm hearing is passion right so having a passion for something being curious and being interested like having a genuine interest you go talk to somebody and you're full of shit and you're faking it they're going to know right like you go up and go "Ooh, tell me about your car like let me sell you something like you're like Dude, I want to work on your car because it's fucking sick. And like, yeah. but that goes like that genuine. So you know, some like what I'm hearing is this like this genuine curiosity to learn more. And by yeah. doing that organically, it has put you in these circles that have again helped you spread your right, right. And so I think you know, people, you, you would never call yourself a salesperson, but yeah. you're the but you're 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 an all star because you're networking. But you're not doing it for the wrong intentions. You're doing it because you want you know that you've got something you can do very well for them, and you're passionate about it. And I just think that's 
Like that's that's what I wanted to point out from that all of that. Like that 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 energy around these different cars and these different things. And I yeah. liked the um, one of the questions I think I had. I was going to ask Hayden. You kind of beat me to it. Was the strategy, you know, was how much time? And and I think you already answered it, which I think a lot of us, you know, get caught in this this bubble. And this is where Hayden and I work very very well together. Is that I'm yeah. I'm all about like go 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 like light a fire under my ass run 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 and Hayden's super super strategic right so we balance each other but a lot of people are either have this one or the other and i and i and i think it's interesting to hear that you've un un it sounds like unintentionally have a very very specific strategy i don't think you like and maybe you have thought it out but i'm like that's yeah. very strategic but it also fits you and what you're trying to do and uh and that's just really and and I and again I like the note the message that you're you're sending and maybe you can add more color to this you're not trying to just conquer the world overnight you're trying to make sure that you're building a network and spreading it so like that organic comment you made you're seeing it grow exponentially because you're not just yeah. trying to shove things down people's throats yeah, hundred percent. And a lot of it too, like back to the customer with the Lamborghini Gallardo that went to bat for me. He buys and sells classic cars. So like he has eighty five cars right now that all are gonna somewhat cycle through Pooks Customs. Um but another key point is being having trust. Cause like yep. If the customer, like the customer's collection, the Lamborghini Murcielago is probably right around gated manual and that spec, probably $500,000. The Diablo is right around $200,000. I mean, that's a lot of money to leave with someone if you don't necessarily trust them. Yep. So building that trust and, you know, every time I have a customer like that, I call them before I even touch the car and I tell them what I think it needs. It doesn't need more than this. This is what it needs to get it, you know, put back in your showroom because he has one out with the shops. Um, but being trustworthy, like we got a good customer up here. His name's Ryan. He actually is dropping his truck off, I think, tonight. Um, but he called me and was like, hey, I'm trying to sell my wife's vehicle. I was like, all right, sweet. Quick polish. Get the exterior shining. Nothing crazy. Um, interior get some good photos. You can sell it. He's like, no, I want a three year ceramic coating. I want like the next person to be happy with the protection that's on it. And I'm like, you don't need to do that to sell your, like, don't dump more money into it. If you're just going to sell it. Nope. That's what I want. I was like, all right, my hands. Are t- I mean, right. But you're, you you're what- saying, Hey, save your money. You're like, yeah, I can, you could just yeah. as easily be like, Hey, oh, hey no. I'll do I'm it. I'm not going to try it. I'm not going to try and oversell somebody for something they don't need. So like some of these cars, I tell people straight up. Um, Do you know how important that is? Sorry to, to jump in and cut you off. I mean, yeah. that, that's why you're, you're talking about building trust. And that's like a perfect example of, look, I'm not going to be some shady salesperson. That's going to try to 
tack on all these add-ons like, oh, you need this, this, and that. When you're yeah. trying to help the customer be like, look, this is kind of what I would go with. Now there's probably certain situations where they're like, no, I want this. And it's like, fine, yeah, we'll go with what you want. But like, here's my recommendation. Don't spend all this extra money because you probably don't need it. And that's super yeah. key to building that trust and having loyal customers come back to you and share word of mouth marketing, as you mentioned too. 100%. I mean, it's... And it's, it's always, it's always customers that like, I got the uh, customer that owns a massive roofing company up here. And the first car he ever brought me was a Porsche Taycan, which is the fastest production Porsche. It's a uh, all electric. You got a seven year ceramic coating done on it and sold it after 11 months. Hmm. I'm like, so the next car he brought in, I was like, you really don't need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're probably going to just get rid of it. <laughs> You're not gonna keep it that long, yeah. and he's like, "Nope, I'm doing it." I'm like, "All right, whatever." <laughs> so at least I try to I try to help them out a little bit, but sometimes it's just it's if they want it, they want it, and that's how it's gonna be. So exactly. Um, but having having the customer service and loyalty aspect of it um, is huge because I'm not gonna call a customer and tell them they need something they don't need. Yep. And at the end of the day, it's their call. Um, you know, one thing that sometimes I, I tell customers that would be smart is um, I call it spot wet sanding. So not wet sanding the whole vehicle, but specific spots that there's deeper scratches than other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it's more expensive because it turns a paint correction, a two-stage paint correction with compound and polish into like five steps. Um, so it adds on time, but I rarely call people that and tell them they need that. Cause normally I can read a customer off, off, you know, just talking to them. If they're going to be super picky, then I'll call them for sure. Because right. I want them to know, like I can get this better, but it's going to be this much more because of the time that it involves. And, um, Sadly, some customers you'll spend, I mean, we had our first uh, Lamborghini Aventador was like two summers ago. And we, I, we literally spent like almost a week on this car and he was like, yeah, it looks good. I'm like, okay. But then you have customers, <laughs> customers that go over and above and notice the little things. You're like, please, like, you're like, please yeah. give me something more than that. You're, 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 you're like, you're literally yeah. sitting there with a bow on it. And he's like, cool. Thanks. <laughs> So too, it's like I try, I try to, and I teach the guys this too. I try and do so much of the view, like the crease between the tail light and the the quarter panel, and um, the gas cap when you open it. I want it to look brand new, like mm-hmm. little stuff like that. So like maybe two days after this car gets detailed, this guy goes to or guy or girl goes to put gas in their car, and they're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> like just the little things is really what makes you stand out i call it framing of a vehicle if you yeah. can't get the perfect make the wheel walls look brand new make sure every lug nuts polished make sure every little crease of the weather stripping and every panel crease is done to perfection because if you do everything around the paint to look perfect the paint's naturally going to look better it's like a, any type of um painting or picture you just have the painting or picture sitting there. You're like, oh, that looks sweet, but it had a nice frame around it. So true. Yeah. Look, 
I might have to quote you on that. I might have to like put that up. That was a good one. Dude, that was a good one. Who'd you steal that from? I actually, a massive, um, very well-known detailer. His name's Larry. He owns Ammo NYC. If you want to hear some nerdy stuff about detailing, look him up on YouTube. Um, But he's been so successful with his own product lines and um, detailing that he's worked on like one of one special edition Ferraris like the the I might butcher this it's like the P45 I believe P4-5 you could have made some random thing up and Cole and I would have been like oh yeah I know but if somebody watching if somebody watching Google it the the, the P45 yeah (laughs) yeah the P45 but they they, there's only one in the world especially built specific customers so like that's the that's the I made it wealth wise is when you call Ferrari and you say, Hey, I don't want your basic model. I want to design one. Um, so, and I watch his videos all the time because there's little stuff that you can, little stuff that somebody else might do different. Yep. Um, that you can try and work into your, your work essentially. Like I network all the time. I got a good buddy out in, um, um, Spring Lake Grand Haven area. Uh, his name's Cody. He owns the detail shop. You should look him up. He's he's very good at what he does to him. I mean, we've started to become friends and just we're not in the same population. Yeah, you're de- so we, you're not competing in the same territory. Yeah, we have our own our own customer base, and he's very very good at what he does. So even just you know connecting with him, and every time we get like that whole collection we went through the Diablo, the Mercy Lago, the the um, Liberty Walk, every single one, I was like Cody. If you're free today, come out and work on it with me. Like, I just want, let's like collaborate and do something. Um, Just because I think seeing somebody else that's very good at the same craft as you, seeing them work and how they do things can help you be a better, you know, individual of yourself. You can learn a new way to do something. Um, Like if you came in our shop and you saw me do a full full exterior, and then you saw Jeremy do one, the whole process is different. Like he does things first that I don't do till I'm done with the paint. Um, so it's all about, you know, being efficient and doing it the same way every time. So, you know, you're getting everything done so, and, and taking something out of it. Right. Like you said, 100%. if you can get like one thing, if you get one thing, it's like a, a conversation, you get one thing valuable out of it. The conversation was worth it. Yep. Yep, 100%. So I'm going to take us down a slightly different path here. I mean, it, it's all related. Cole and I are very uh, outspoken, or we're trying to be outspoken around mental health. Uh, we've had a couple of episodes uh, talking about that in a real recent episode. But kind of walk us through, maybe, if you feel comfortable. There are days where we all are like, crap, this isn't a good day. You know, maybe you're feeling a little crappy for whatever reason. Like, how do you manage, you know, those negative emotions or the self-doubt? And maybe you don't deal with that or that's something that you don't want to talk about. But I think it's really important for any listener out there. You know, it doesn't matter if you're the CEO of a company, like everyone has tough days. So are you willing to share anything around that? Yeah, I mean, I, so the only way my guys know if I'm stressed is I just don't talk. Mm. I don't want to say anything that I don't mean. And I want to get everything done so that the stress starts relieving. So like perfect example of this was the day of the car show. Okay. Car show starts at, I said it started at six. 
So I had to be done with work. Everything has to be done. Everything that came in beforehand to get prepped for the car show has to be parked. Everything has to be done by 4.30, no later. Yep. Well, we finally bought um, my wife a, a Tahoe. She's wanted one, and the market was great to to buy one, to get her one, and get her out of her current vehicle. So, Not that I didn't love the minivan, but good call. Yeah. Did you see the Tahoe Dude, it's, though? No, is it sick? Oh, yeah. I mean, we wrapped the grill. We wrapped all the window trim. We, we painted the calipers yellow. What year we, is it? uh 17 okay it's badass i mean it's relatively new yeah <laughs> it's sick <laughs> it's uh but the day of okay this is the first car that that shelby has had pretty much full reign on i mean i chimed in my input everything was chrome i was like we got to get rid of all that we got to do some custom stuff um and i gave her pretty much this is what i would do but it's your car like here's the rim options here's all this stuff have fun, do your thing. And we, I stayed till midnight two days before, because instead of just doing a basic white grill with a black bow tie, we did a full white grill with black on the chrome of the bow tie and a white center of the bow tie, just to make it like just sick. You'll have yeah. to send us a photo. Oh, we, oh yeah, I will. I, actually, I'll do that right now. Yeah, um, in real time. But, that way we can really react yeah. to it. Technology, gotta love it. <laughs> Dude, I want to see it. Yeah, I'm I'm getting pumped up hearing this. Uh, I'll send you the full before and after. Where I'm going with this is, so this this Tahoe, right? It's in my shop. We've been grinding away on it, and um, here's the before and after. We've been grinding away on it, and just like going crazy um oh, that's, and oh my gosh it's unreal i mean that's just fucking sick look at that look well, here, i'll explain i'll explain we did we blacked out around the windows because it was all chrome we custom wrapped the grill we tinted the taillights we painted the calipers yellow chrome is we, so 1990s early 2000s but again it's personal yeah. preference Love yeah that. And we uh we blacked out the badges we tinted the side the front side windows in the windshield that is sick that's so cool sorry we're like we're, we're gonna we gotta have to post this we post this episode so, yeah but so we we literally got we got to the shop that the morning of the car show and i look at shipping on the rims and tires and it's at 5 a.m they were still in, and i'm like so my wife finally gets to build, like she picked out the rims. She picked out the tires. The only thing that I suggested that she didn't go with was I said she should have lowered it and slammed it, made it look like a street rod. <laughs> but I get the, I get the notification that the tires and rims are still in Chicago at 5.00 AM. I'm like, there's no way. And they're coming separate. Yeah. So we still got to balance, put them on. So literally we jacked the towel up on jack stands and it's just sitting there. I didn't get those rims and tires on until 3:45. So like, my, dude, I, I, I didn't dude. tell Shelby this the day of because I'm like, she needs her Tahoe done and parked out in front of the shop for the car show. Period. So that was stressful <laughs> as hell, along with the six other vehicles that I had to get done. So, um, I always just try to keep a positive attitude because it seems like whenever something goes wrong. 
And it, I'm telling you, so, when one thing is wrong at the beginning of the day, it's a domino right. effect. Yep. There's 16 other things. So just like I said, we, we got the rims at uh, 3:45. It had to be done on the car. Well, we got a mounted and balance. So we actually had them in hand going back to the shop at about 3:45. Well, guess what? We forgot the freaking black lug nuts. And there's no way I'm putting chrome lug nuts on this thing after all that work. Well, the one thing that went right that day, I had a set of Chevy six lug lug nuts. At my- <laughs> so it worked out. But that day, I mean, there was one thing after another, things going wrong. Um, but it's just keeping a positive attitude and positive mindset because um, I've only been mad at an employee at the shop. I honestly can say in the last five and a half, six years, one time. Um, and I made it known because I'm very laid back. But the reason I got mad is because one of the guys came in with a piss poor attitude. Mm. Piss poor. And not only was his attitude bad, it made everything. It affects it. It's, it's cancerous. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's something that I don't tolerate. I'd rather have you just not talk all day. Yeah. Um, I'm like what I do. I don't want to project anything on anybody. But I literally there's days where I literally can't put my phone down during the summer where it's like just one thing after another. And I know if I don't get to it right then and there, you won't get to it. Well, I'll, I'll get to it, but it'll be during a time where I'm trying to spend time with my daughter and my wife. So it's like, and, and having a supportive wife, like I do is awesome. Cause I could tell her, I got to go to the shop right now after this podcast. And she, she'd say, okay, sounds good. So she is, 100 percent on your team so, she's on your team she's on your team 100 percent. so um but sometimes it's it's just overwhelming because it's like i want it i look forward to coming home and seeing my daughter and hanging out with the wife and all that stuff and there's times and days where it's like i can't i i gotta stay at work um another great example is this ford mustang um that we previously, I had a guy. Oh, Heath, I want to pause on that because I, 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 you're going to get to this Ford Mustang, but I, I, I want to get back to because I, I mean, we know each other very. well. I mean, you, you know, we're really close, and yeah. you know, Shelby and Amanda are the bestest of friends. Our daughters yeah. are going to be best friends growing up. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. and I, I really want to know, you know. So for those of you who know, he's mentioned his daughter. He's got this sweetest little. Who's fifteen months old now? Yeah, I'm, yeah, close. Uh, beautiful wife that is way too good for him. Way better looking too. No, <laughs> uh, he's just got an amazing family. And what what I want to ask you, Heath, is what have you seen in yourself change since you got married? So what what's the biggest change you've seen in yourself since you've gotten married? And what's been the biggest challenge and change you've seen since you had your daughter? Um, honestly, marriage, not much changed because we previously lived together. Um, and we kind of already knew the, I mean, the business was started. So Mm -hmm. she knew, I mean, that first year when I was working on average hundred hour work weeks, taking literally I think I took three, two or three days off that summer. Um, 
and they were all around the fourth of July. Um, I she she knew it would only get better type deal. Um, so like now we don't work weekends. I spend weekends with the family. Um, not much change from a marriage standpoint. I just always had to keep in mind that the occasional texter at three o'clock and say, Hey, like nowadays text her at three o'clock, say, Hey, my mom's going to come over and watch Harley tonight. We're going to go get a bite to eat. We're going to go spend time together. Just us. Um, keeping that at the forefront and realizing that she needs personal time too. Yeah. Uh, is huge. And, uh, as a father, it's, it's just different. Cause I'll get home, Harley and my dog get a right at the door. They hear <laughs> when I drive the track hawk home. She she can she literally screams like I can hear her dad da runs to the door and it's a glass door so you can see her just peeking out there waiting for me. Um but spending as much time as humanly possible with her, just flat out. I mean, we've gotten such a routine, um, me and Shelby that like I wake her up every morning um change her diaper bring her down to to feed and then before i go to work always say you know she always runs to the door and tries to keep me home she always she's she's saying no no a lot oh no no and that makes it impossible to leave obviously um but just just making sure you're there they're above work you know what i mean there's very select customers that if they call me when I sit down for dinner if I'm going to answer that phone after five o'clock. Um, I've had it happen where I say a couple cuss words right before, right when I literally one day I got home, finally just sat down, me, Harley, and Shelby were about to eat dinner. And this customer calls me and I said, fuck. But I answered the phone. I was super happy. I was like, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? How can I help you? Um, but she knows that too. Like there's, there's probably 10 customers that if they, if they called me right now, I'd probably tell you guys, Hey, I gotta, I gotta take this <laughs> just because they've supported the business so much. Uh-huh. But, um, keeping, keeping the work life family balance is super important. And I mean, me and my wife have super open conversations. If, if I'm working too much or something like that, um, she would tell me straight up. She'd just be like, Hey, like this is, you know, there's occasionally going to be the night where I'm at the shop till, Eight o'clock, nine o'clock, ten o'clock. Harley goes down at six thirty. I'm the one losing in the situation because I don't get to see my daughter before she goes down to, you know, to bed. Um, but yeah, just having having a super um, open dialogue on everything is super important. I think in in life with any relationship, really. Um, yeah, I mean, kids change you though, don't they? I see the glow, like the the, the, the babies, the, the kids just. Like you said, it's it's totally when you're married and you're together, it's one thing, and then when you add the baby into it, that it's like it's a whole nother layer of just like I want to be home with them as much as I possibly can. And you, well, it, it's different. Yeah. It's different for the age, the ages too, right? So like when Harley started talking and talk, like talking and saying more or dada or. She loves peekaboo right now. She, but she doesn't. <laughs> she just says boo. <laughs> when they start to get a character, it's just so much more fun because it's like it's it's their personality coming mm-hmm. to life. Um, whereas 
I mean, I, I would go back to, and Shelby always asked me, what's your, what's your favorite age so far? And I always say now, like right now is my favorite age because it's just always developing. And I think it's always going to develop. Um, whereas like those first four months are awesome. Just a little baby. And, you know, you just get to love on them, cuddle. They, they literally are depending on you to live. Um, well, their mom, but you guys. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but they don't have. They don't. There's like you are their their world. You're their world. Um, yeah, it's. I love it's that answer too. Like, because I, yeah. I, I said it to Amanda. Like, it's. She like, well, like I really, I, you know, I wish I could go back to this time. I'm like, well, like, what's your favorite? I'm like, it's especially when they're that age. Like, Ava, yeah. Ava depends on the day. Some days I'm like, no, I wish I could go back when she was six and everything I said was golden. Okay, now she argues too much, but I love her to death still all, all the same. But with Blake, yeah, I mean, like, Blake's, you know, just over a year old and she's every day is something different, right? Like, oh, every day is like, dude, we, so she got baptized, and I'm going on a tangent, but she got baptized two weeks ago. I'm, I don't know, if, I'll have to send you the video. Thank you. Amazing. And, she went up. We did everything, and people started like she started. We started walking down the altar, and everybody was clapping. And my mom was videotaping it, and she started clapping. She had never clapped before. Oh, really? She had never clapped, but she's walking. We're walking down with her, and she sees everybody in the, like in the pews clapping. So literally in the video, she just starts clapping. Like, and it's like oh. that kind of shit. That's just like so cool, right? It's yeah. the, it's the new. Yeah. It's a new thing. So. Uh, I, no, I pre- I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, I know we're getting a little long on time. One more thing, I kind of wanted yeah. to, to ask you to wrap this up, and maybe Hayden has one or two more questions. Um, we're, I'm sitting here. I've been drinking these the whole time. You actually got one too, dude. Small world, okay. Uh, these are non-alcoholic IPAs. Um, mo- yeah. our listeners know I I don't drink alcohol. I quit. Nine months ago, stopped drinking, kind of try, tried it out, and I've stuck with it. Uh, Hayden hasn't drank for, what's eight years? Just about, yep. About eight years. Heath yeah. quit, uh, stopped drinking, what, three years ago? Something like yeah, that, right? What are, I, I just want to ask you this, because we didn't really have enough time to get into the health and fitness stuff, which I really wanted to get into. Fantastic yeah. conversation, but I think this is important. Because you, for our listeners listening, and Hayden, Hayden and Heath, uh, and my sister in law Sam and Kyle, you guys have are, are some of the core people that influenced me in a positive way to make the decision to not drink. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if I ever thanked you. I'll thank you like on on air. Thank you guys. You, it's been a huge, huge life changing thing for me to to, to make that step. So my question to you is like, what you know. And keep it as relatively short as possible because then we're we're kind of getting on time. But why did you quit drinking? I don't you don't get all I did. Why did you stop drinking alcohol? What benefits have you seen from that mentally, physically, emotionally? I mean, what? Why did you choose to do that? Um, honestly, I so I I my three years will be. I believe it's. I have like an app. I think it's November. Eighth, I believe, um, which will be three years of being sober. Um, but it was so my business. I mean, we we talked about it a little bit, but my business goes really high up in the summer and just trickles down all winter. And honestly, the first couple of years were they were tough because it's it's 
I mean, you almost have to stock money to be able to get through winter. Whereas now we kind of have a game plan on how to leverage and make just as much um, revenue as we do in the summer during the winter. Um, but I, I mean, I found myself some nights during the winter where I'm just at, I'm literally at home watching Netflix, just drinking for no reason. Like there's no, no need to have vodka and orange juice. Just sitting there. Right, 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 right. Absolutely nothing. Not in a social setting, nothing. Um, so honestly, I just, I was drinking for no reason and drinking a little too much. So I said, the only way I'm going to stop is by just nothing. Not, oh, I'm only going to drink beers when I'm with my buddies. Like, no, no beer, no nothing. Um, so and honestly, after the first month, it was, it was a breeze. Like I've, I've literally, I cannot tell you now that, you know, I found non-alcoholic beer where I can still get that flavor, but there's, I mean, I'm not getting drunk or anything like that. Um, I haven't thought about an actual drink in oh, a long time, long, long time. Um, but the benefits, of, I mean, dude, I haven't been hung over in three years. <laughs> dude, that's a competitive I mean, advantage. I mean, it's you, I mean, think about it when back in everybody has those college days that Friday. Well, we won't even say Friday because most people just started drinking early Saturday and rallied. But let's talk about Sunday when you're when you wake up and you ruined your whole Sunday before Sunday even started because of your Saturday night. Like think about the productivity of that and how so that's 52 days in a year. If you went on that philosophy and you didn't drink any other days, 52 days out of 365 that you'd be hungover. Think about that. That's messed up. That's wild. Wasting 52 days of your life per year, which that's a lot of freaking days if you went over the course of like five, 10 years. So I just don't see it. I don't see a need to drink. I don't see. Um, and it just solidifies my choice when like you see drunk people and say, God, I'm not that guy. <laughs> um, but it's, it's been super beneficial. Um, you know, back when I, when I played football at, at Grand Valley, one of the, going into my redshirt sophomore year. So junior year when I was 255 and I was like, you know what, I'm going to drop down to like 230 um, and give myself a really good shot at playing. One of the things I cut out for my, my wellness was I said, I'm done drinking. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to eat healthy and I'm done drinking. That's all I did. Didn't change workouts. Didn't change anything. Just watch what I put in my body. And I literally went from 255 to like, I was, anywhere from 228 to 230 and 20 pounds down playing a whole bunch better, feeling a whole bunch better. Um, and it just makes a massive difference on your whole life. Really. I mean, my wife does, she never drinks either. Um, but it's just a health and wellness thing. Like alcohol is not good for you. If you didn't know, like, do you think, uh, do you think, um, the, the fact that you don't drink lit, tends to impact a lot of your positivity and your ability to prioritize and work longer hours. I mean, to me, there oh, seems yeah. like a direct correlation, right? Yeah, I mean, there usually is, right? When you're when you're taking care of yourself from a 
um, health and wellness standpoint, it's going to affect the rest of your life. Um, it's, it's one of the, I mean, to be a well-rounded, you know, healthy person, I would say mental health, if you're positive, you're uplifting to other people, you don't judge, you take it as it is and then add your, your eating, if you eat healthier, you're going to feel better, which probably is going to help you have a more positive attitude. Um, and it all comes full circle. Right. So yeah, I don't miss it at all. I love not drinking. Um, it's in plus, I mean, these, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but this does taste like a beer. Dude. I said it before we started. I said, there's no way there's not beer in this. Dude, this athletic brewing too. I mean, literally tastes like a, a fucking IPA. Knock out a six pack and you'd be good. Dude, and you're like, and you're like, it's the ritual. It's the fun. I mean, when we were goose hunting, man, we were crack. We, everybody else was drinking beers. We were buying, we were buying like cases of Budweiser zeros. We were like, <laughs> we were double fisting them in the hotel room, but we that's were feeling great in the morning. Yeah. That's another nice thing about these though, is the social setting aspect of things, right? It's like, like, I remember I went up to one of my, um, my buddy's uh, bachelor party two, yeah, it was two years ago. So it was like 11 months or so after I stopped drinking. So I brought a 30 rack of bu- or a, a two 15 packs of Bush NA, Bush non-alcoholic beer. Um, and I could still have a beer in my hand. No one was looking at me weird because half the people just thought I was absolutely a, a alcoholic because I was – drinking so many bush NAs <laughs> and they didn't know the difference, but it, it allows you in a social setting to not either a have a conversation about it to somebody that might need to have that conversation or B just fit in and not, you don't have to worry about somebody being like, why aren't you drinking? Cause that's like, that's like if we went out to one of my buddies said this too, it's like going out to eat and somebody randomly asking you why you didn't put mayonnaise on your, on your cheeseburger. Like, why does it matter? Like who cares? Right. I don't drink. Period. So, um, yeah, I think it's all full full circle. Like I said earlier, it's going to help you be more positive. More thing that sucks now is if I don't get enough sleep. Like, say I'm getting up at five a.m. to duck hunt, and I didn't get to bed until let's say eleven. For me, that's not much sleep. I feel hungover. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, my body doesn't feel right. Um, so that's, that's the weird part. Cause like I have had instances where I haven't got enough sleep and I've felt that. And I was like, God, thank, thank the Lord that I don't drink anymore. Cause this sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. But yeah, congrats on Hayden. I didn't know you've been sober that long. That's awesome. Yeah, it's um, it's been a minute, and I think it's different for each person in terms of you know why they choose to. But there's definitely some overlap from from each person. And here in Utah, I mean, there's literally no downside in stopping drinking. And I'm not going out telling people to stop drinking. Like, do you? At the end of the day, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. But I've never heard someone say like, "Oh shit." I couldn't solve this problem because I wasn't drinking alcohol or like my life would be so much better if I drank alcohol. It's like, no, probably the inverse would happen if I stopped drinking and I'm seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 100%. 100%. You got any more questions? I'll yeah. let you, if you have a couple, you might I, have one or two more. I, th- I think I'm good for the time being. Yeah. Man, fire episode, Heath. 
Seriously. We could keep going on probably all night. You know, and you know I'm about to call you as soon as I get out of here and text you and be like, dude, we crushed that. Like, you did awesome. We appreciate having you on. I think your story is, you know, again, like, your story's great. The conversation's great. I mean, I, th- I think... Easy uh, conversation. Super easy. Yeah, there's some people where it's like, ah, oh, you got to poke and pry for things, but it's just, it comes natural for Heath. <laughs> and I think I think people are going to take something out of it, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're listening, you'll you'll be able to, you know, pull some stuff out. And uh, if you want to, to follow Heath, um, stay, stay stay up to date with some of the badass cars he uses. Uh, he's uh, at H Hoogs. Is my yeah, that's my personal page. Or you can do yeah. Hoogs Customs. Yeah. Who Hoogs Parts? Who's Custom Parts? Yeah, that's more so just for like the aftermarket stuff. So we don't really post too much to there, but if we do wrap work or a full complete build, lift rims, tires, and stuff, we'll post it to both pages. Um, and I think we're on TikTok now. Jeremy's kind of up up doing that one, but um, he's put together some sweet videos for for TikTok. So. Um, and then yeah that's pretty much it our business page on google i post a lot there um but yeah instagram's really the the hub that's where you're gonna see everything um so yeah it's just at i think it's just at hooves underscore customs well and if you if you need help finding him just reach out to us too heath's again thank you man he's one of my one of my one of my great friends Appreciate having you on here. Awesome, awesome, awesome time. Um, and we'll probably have you on again here in the next little while for uh, for round three. Yeah, round three and like let's give it aim for like next August. Dude, that's perfect. Yeah. That's then you'll then you'll have a will you have another trailhawk or <laughs> <laughs> I have mine up for sale right now. Did, wait, did you say you got a we'll we'll have to get into that later, but it, it is pretty sick. Maybe we'll have Mixon on here with you, and you got we can talk shop. Dude, that 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 would be fire. Manifesting it, it's gonna happen. It'll happen. Heath, we appreciate you. Fire episode as always. We'll talk to you. Thank you, sir. Hey, tell Shelby I said hello. I will. I will. See you, brother. See you guys. Peace. Bye.